This is the Acme Lowdown, a podcast series where we get the lowdown on the creative happenings here at Acme. This podcast may include adult themes, sexual references and coarse language. Penis. Can I finish my Mm -hmm. warning message first, please? Sure. (laughs) I'm not going to use the word penis. I'm Shelley Machulik, content producer at Acme, talking to the wonderful James Hewison, Acme's head of film programs, about the documentary Maplethorpe, Look at the Pictures. Hi, James. Hello, Shelley. Can we get one thing straightened out right off the bat? Mm. Is the correct grammar penises or penai? Uh, I, penai, I think, is probably a word that you might use in a jocular fashion at the pub, uh, amongst mates, of course. Uh, penises, I think, is the is the correct plural of the word penis. <laughs> okay. I was watching this film in the second row at Acme, which is very close to a very large screen, and mm. a few times I literally had to shield my eyes from what I was seeing. Is Maplethorpe a film you could take your mum to? Uh, Absolutely. Well, I, I, I'm going to be urging my mum to go and see it when it opens on the 22nd, absolutely. In fact, it was... Uh, my mum and dad that gave me his biography, let me think, I think it was published in the early mid-90s, uh, which is pretty extraordinary uh, and and necessarily contains extraordinary photos uh, that he took of eroticised uh, flowers as much as eroticised images uh, of men and, of course, a range of people that he took portraits of. I took his biography with me when I was travelling to, to Europe and as I was sitting on the plane, uh, there was a very serious, very conservative-looking middle-aged gentleman sitting next to me. We struck up a conversation. He was intrigued by what I was reading, and as it turns out, he was a a Jesuit. Uh, And he was a very enlightened, progressive Jesuit. And uh, this was at a time when, even after his death, uh, and indeed still today, Maplethorpe's work inspires considerable outrage. Um, And I think that's a good thing too, absolutely. but he said to me that something like, uh, you know, one of the most fundamental principles of freedom of speech is the domain of artists. Uh, and I thought that was maybe an obvious thing to say, but extraordinarily wise words. And uh, it, it beautifully contextualised the book that I was reading. And actually that started my, uh, my great interest in Maplethorpe and his work. Mm. The man and his work, which are indistinguishable, mm. ultimately. So yes, take your mum, absolutely. The only thing more provocative than Maplethorpe's photos was the way he lived his life. Do you get a true sense of Maplethorpe from the documentary? Most definitely, as much as one is ever able to get uh, an intimate portrait of someone in front of a camera uh, in in a feature documentary. One of the things that is, I think, particularly remarkable, particularly important about Maplethorpe is that uh, he himself is implicit in his work and therefore, as a result, the viewer becomes complicit in the work. Uh, and this is possibly a provocation, but I think, uh, in fact, Robert uh, Maplethorpe lived for many years with uh, the, I guess, his co-conspirator, at least in his early days, Patty Smith, in uh, New York in the mid to late 60s. And there's a beautiful quote from the first part of her autobiography called Just Kids, where she says, and I quote, Robert sought to elevate aspects of male experience to imbue homosexuality with mysticism. 
As Cocteau said of a Genet poem, his obscenity is never obscene. And I think in those last words, uh, Patti Smith quoting uh, Jean Cocteau, the wonderful French poet, uh, who, as it happened, was also a homosexual, uh, his obscenity is never obscene. This was the greatest provocation, and I think probably for most people even today, uh, is the greatest provocation uh, and the greatest battleground for, for censorship. And uh, because not only did Maplethorpe chronicle uh, New York of the time, the various people that inhabited from famous faces such as Deborah Harry, Andy Warhol uh, in his portraits, but he also very much uh, chronicled his own private life and his own desires and indeed chronicled himself because that's what I mean by he is implicit in his work because he photographed himself and as much as his work is explicit, he uh, appears explicitly in a number of his photos as well. And this, I think, was the greatest confrontation of all. And I think this is what marks him uh, as, a, as a uniquely American iconoclast in many respects. And that's why his story, I think, is, is also uniquely very American. Uh, it, it's easy uh, to perhaps not quite phrase this correctly, but it's, it's easy to camp in uh, the explicit imagery used uh, in his work. Uh, and that's not to say, oh, well, there are also pictures of really pretty flowers as well. But what the film, I think, does quite dexterously is that exploration of eroticization and fetishization. And it just happens that he is, or rather was, uh, a very sexually active gay man, as it happens. I think one of the reasons why I was so affected um, on the big screen is that you, you just don't have any escape. You don't have any chance to take a breather. In a gallery experience, you can pause or, or be with something for a while or really look at the picture in a, in a different light. Cinema struggles with, with art. Cinema struggles in representations of the process of creativity. And of course, uh, the collective experience of seeing a work in a gallery, uh, be it confronting, provocative or not, uh, is very, very different to seeing a film uh, in a darkened cinema, albeit a collective experience. Uh, and it's very different, obviously, as I described before, sitting on an aeroplane, reading a very large uh, hardback edition of his biography with, in some cases, quite explicit uh, photos contained within it. So each of those experiences from the solipsistic, which is to say to, to encounter it, uh, which is to say words about Maplethorpe, but also the, the imagery that he created and appears in himself within a book, uh, to see it in a collective public space such as a gallery uh, and indeed to see it in a cinema where it's not possible to necessarily, or you can shield your eyes, uh, but uh, it's not possible to, to contemplate more because the film, obviously the, 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 the medium of, of cinema is an audiovisual one and it is, it's one that's comprised of moving images. So if, if anything that I regret, if there is anything that I regret about the film that it didn't give me a space to contemplate and to, as the title of the film and Jesse Helms suggested, to actually look at the pictures. Uh, so if, if nothing else, it, it, gives, uh, it gives rise to, uh, you know, an urge to, to see those, uh, those works again, most mm. definitely. Yeah, that's what I did. I spent time yeah, online, yeah. unfortunately, mm. but um, looking at those pictures and, and seeing them in a di totally different light mm. as well. Well, I think, I think for me too, just very briefly to return to, you know, reading about Maplethorpe, I'd never seen at the age, you know, I was in my mid-twenties, I think, early twenties, 
Uh, I'd never seen. I'd seen uh, his photos and have heard, had heard who he was, was aware of who he was and the controversy, particularly at the time, uh, but had only seen those, those photos in a book. Mm. And that's a, that's a profoundly unsatisfying experience. And most particularly as we in Australia live so far away, uh, and this was, as it turns out, before the internet was even invented, uh, so that, that fueled my urge even more to, to seek out his work wherever I possibly could. Did you discover anything about Maplethorpe from the documentary that you didn't already know? I don't think I had ever seen any, I don't think I'd ever heard his voice before. Uh, I don't think I'd ever seen any moving images of him before. And that's, that's, a, that's, a, it was a, that's a kind of a clandestine thrill as well for someone whose work well, I've admired for a long, long time to actually hear their voice and to see what they, I mean, I'd seen photos of him, obviously, uh, some taken by others, some uh, set up uh, and taken of himself by himself. Uh, so that's, that's, that's a kind of a, a delicious, kind of almost vicarious pleasure having seen images of him, most particularly in some fairly confronting uh, images to actually Bullwhip? see him as a human. <laughs> yes. Yeah, right. Insert it into his anus. <laughs> Might have to bleep that one. What was, really, what was really interesting about the film as well was seeing the explosion of art and culture in New York in the 80s. Well, um, earlier, really. I mean, it was out of the kind of the rubble of what was New York from the late 60s mm, and 70s, which mm. was a time where it was like a, like a city that had been ravaged and devastated. Maplethorpe rode that wave really beautifully. Well, it was, it was uh, I mean, I wasn't there. I'm not old enough to have been there anyway, or at least to be able to get into, you know, CBGBs and all of those pretty extraordinary places. But it was, it was a period of extraordinary ferment, mm. really, uh, in amongst the, the rubble, particularly downtown, uh, an incredibly exciting scene and this collision of uh, extraordinary people from obviously Andy Warhol and his factory through to the musicians and the, the artists and the poets and the writers uh, and the, the emigres that moved there from, from Europe to be part of this extraordinary, you know, burgeoning series of scenes. I mean, scenes seems to kind of belittle what was taking place there. But uh, yeah, it's, I think for, for that too, it's, it's a pretty fascinating chronicle. Mm. And it's easy to forget now that, you know, New York has become, well, Manhattan most particularly has become so kind of carefully buffed and freaking expensive, uh, where once on the Lower East Side, you, you wouldn't walk around a corner or go down that alleyway or even cross, you know, Rivington. Uh, now it's completely the opposite. So it's a great chronicle of those times. Mm. And the artists who, who kind of were products of those times, mm. most definitely. Do you think that this sanitisation of places like New York and sort of the conservatism that seems to be sweeping the world? The world. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think Not that seem to be is sweeping the world? Do you think world. that censorship is making a comeback? Yes, yes, and oh my lord, yes. And alas, how do you think artists are responding to that? Uh, one of the functions of an artist is to kick against the pricks. Some in a politicised fashion, some because they simply need to keep creating. Bless them. The filmmakers said that they wanted to inspire people to live their lives with Maplethorpe authenticity um, and they adapted this philosophy in the making of the film. Do you think they achieved that? Does the film have that same provocation? 
I think it does because the and, and necessarily so because the film attempts to be as close to to Maplethorpe as it can be, uh, and of course he died in uh, 1989. Uh, as it turns out, remarkably, uh, even though uh, of course he chronicled his own life, as I said, that he chronicled himself in his photographs and those around him, but there's actually very little material, filmed material. Uh, of Maplethorpe at any stage in his life, even towards the end of his life, where he was quite, in some circles, uh, most particularly for conservatives, uh, quite a notorious character. Uh, or as uh, Because the title of the film, Look at the Pictures, comes directly from a quote by Congressman Senator Jesse Helms, who um, accused Maplethorpe, amongst other things, of being a known homosexual, uh, as if to say he's a known murderer, a known criminal. So as, as close as we can get to him, uh, that, that is voiced by a number of people that were very, very close to him, not least of which, of course, is his brother, who worked with him for many, many years. One of the greatest battlegrounds of the film is dealing with, I guess, what some people have referred to as his relentless narcissism. I, I don't believe it's narcissism. I think uh, necessarily an artist needs to have self-belief and a relentless self-belief. And I think that is, as much as Maplethorpe chronicled the world around him, the film seeks to chronicle who he was and questions, I guess, what we would perceive as the boundaries of self-belief and where it tips into narcissism. Thanks, James. Very enlightening. You have been listening to an Acme podcast. For more recordings, go to soundcloud.com slash acmeonline or the Acme website.